Uh, last weekend, we had a, a group of uh, our high school students uh, uh, go with Father Pacer and Lauren and Dante and the group uh, uh, to uh, Steubenville down, uh, Steubenville South down in um, Springfield, Missouri. And it's a whole weekend. They leave Friday morning early, like 5 a.m., and they get down there, and then they uh, gather with thousands of other uh, high school students from uh, around the area. And, and it's just, it's, a, it's a, a time of, first of all, just coming together with their peers, uh, with the permission uh, and ability just to uh, pray and to, to hang out with uh, people their own age who are praying as well. And, and by the end, like, as the weekend progresses with talks and mass prayer, uh, just the social things they do, um, great music, uh, praise and worship, things like that, and it culminates on Saturday night with a beautiful event of adoration uh, it's, it's really amazing. I, I've, been, I've done that like 20, 25 times uh, going to Steubenville. Uh, Father Pacer went this year, uh, let him have a chance. And uh, it, uh, it's amazing, though, because you know, especially at that age, uh, and, and I shouldn't even say it's their age, it's, it's all of us. There's always a certain ret uh, reticence or uh, kind of uncomfortability uh, with our faith sometimes, displaying it, talking about it, sharing it, even, even, even knowing what to share. Huh? How do I even talk about it, um, let alone express it in a, in a lively way? Uh, and so by the time they get back uh, on the bus, you know, they're just on fire. And, and my, my, my thing that I always pray for for them is that somehow they'll be able to take what they got, whatever seeds the Lord planted in their beautiful little hearts over that weekend, kind of opening them up to receive the graces and helping them discover that you know, their interior life, their spiritual life is, is powerful and it, and, and it can give them great happiness. You know, but the, the thing is, it's such a, a quick, intense moment uh, but they get off that bus Sunday night as they pull in here and they go, you know, their parents are waiting for them and they get in their cars and they go back to the life they had when they arrived Friday morning. Same problems, same situations, same friends, same interests. Yeah. But they had this intense experience. So there's a, there's a thing that needs to take place right away. And as I'm talking, you know, as I, I talk about these kids, I'm talking about all of us, because we're all made for these intense spiritual moments where we experience God's love. Huh? We've all had, like, gosh, I really feel like God loves me. You know, maybe it was in, you know, going to going to communion. Maybe it was in adoration. Maybe it was looking at a sunrise one morning and saying, "My gosh, God is amazing," and it just changes your whole day. We're made for those experiences. And we're made, in a sense, to, to carry those with us permanently. But you know how that is. It's so hard. Think about those kids with this intense personal experience with their friends for three days. And they get off the bus. And then they're, all right, what are, what are, what are, they, what are they looking at? Um, they're looking at um, 
an experience they don't know how to articulate. Maybe they haven't been catechized as well as they could have. Maybe they just weren't interested in learning what was being expressed to them. Or maybe their friends tell them to knock it off. We don't like that. You're getting a little bit too crazy with this Jesus stuff. You know, knock that off. Especially when they perhaps have a pretty diverse group of friends, a lot of whom aren't even believers anymore. You know how that goes these days. And so there's a, like a fear, perhaps. Like if, I, if I say the wrong thing, people are going to like laugh at me or make fun of me. Uh, even, even my parents might like say, tone that down a little bit. We're not comfortable with that. Or, 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 or maybe, um, you, know, the, you know, the idea that uh, they've got all these things in their life that they left when they got on the bus, but now they're going back to when they get off the bus. What are those things? Their, their social media, their tablet, their phones, their you know, relationships, their entertainment, their music, uh, problems at home, situations, problems with their friends, or whatever it might be. They've got all that stuff going on. And we have those same things. So we have these moments where we experience God's love, where God plants a seed in us, and he wants it to grow and to bear fruit, like he's talking about today. We've got these things that are in the way. He talks about um, the seed on the path gets eaten up by the birds. You got the seed uh, on the rocky ground where there's no depth, so you know, an intense moment, but then it doesn't have anywhere to go and it evaporates, it goes away. Uh, or the seed among the thorns, it gets choked up because of worldly concerns. Those are the three things I just mentioned. You know, they... Let's, let's examine that just briefly. Do we all know our faith as well as we should? Now, that's partly the church's fault. We've done a lousy job of catechesis uh, over the last few decades. You know, sort of like after Vatican II, we got in, you know, instead of teaching the faith, we, you know, did crafts and butterflies and balloons and things like that. Well, that doesn't teach you about God's love. Huh? You know, that's, uh, that's a time filler. So maybe we don't know our faith. And regardless of how that happened, the, the, it's on you. It's on me. And you can say, well, I listen to you, Monsignor, in your homilies. And to the degree that that's true, um, that you listen uh, to sometimes my long homilies, but uh, it's not enough. Me getting up here and talking on Sunday is not uh, your catechesis. It is to a small degree, but not everything. You know, I, if you depend on me, I know just enough to, to be dangerous, right? To, don't rely on me. We, we have to, like pick up the Bible and read. We have to get ourselves in that proper form so as to pray, pick up some spiritual reading, read the Bible, and, and have a catechism so you can look things up when questions come and you don't know the answer. Take responsibility for your own faith so you know it, so that uh, when that seed falls on the path and the birds come and eat it up, you're going to say, no, no, no. I have depth. My seed's not going to fall on the path. It's going to fall on that good ground because I have turned it up and opened it up to receive God's word 
And it's, cha- it's changing me, and I know how to articulate, and I know how to talk about it, and I know where it's coming from, and I know about the Holy Spirit. I know my faith. Yeah. And, you know, that second thing, where he's talking about uh, that uh, lack of depth, a little soil, and, it, you know, once the soil is not deep, and the sun comes and scorches it. And think about the fear that we have of expressing our faith. Not just kids, not just young people, but adults too. How many times you've been in a situation where at the table, maybe you've got guests over and it getting, the conversation gets a little, you know, like mixed up and a little energetic and they start talking about the faith and oh, all of a sudden there's arguments. And you say, you know, I better just shut up because I don't want my, my you know, kids to get mad at me and I don't, you know, I... I I don't want my friends to, you know, to get upset with me. And, and so even though they may be saying crazy stuff about the church at this party, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want, I don't want anybody to... I, I'm, it's, it's called uh, lack of courage. So how do, we, how do we pray to the Holy Spirit and say, give me the courage to, to not just know my faith, but then to talk about it and to share it? Okay. And then finally... That thing where uh, they get off the bus, we get off the bus, or we leave this church, go in peace to love and serve the Lord one another. We go back to our old lives after we leave this experience of Jesus, and we immediately get swallowed up in all the things that we had before. Not to change those things into God, by, by God's love in, into moments of grace, but rather to allow those moments to change us and to, and to take away that experience of God's love. How are we doing with all these idols in our life? Where's, who's supposed to be at the center? Your phone? Is, is, is it our tablet? Is it, is, is it the, some of the crazy music we listen to or the bad movies we watch? Is it, is it uh, wasting time? Is it the threefold concupiscence, money, sex, power? Is it one of those? No. God belongs in the center. And so that third challenge for us to maintain that experience of God's love, that intense experience of, of a relationship with Jesus, is to get the stuff out of our life or, or to put it in the proper perspective so that it isn't overwhelming to us. My phone is not my God. My social media is not as important as my relationship with Jesus. And all this takes practice. And Because we, we can be in a, like we're in a groove and we're moving and... And we're with the Lord, and all of a sudden one day we wake up, and it's like, ah. And I just, instead of praying, I, I spent, you know, t- two hours watching YouTube videos. And I speak from experience. All right? Um, what happens when we get off track? Who knows how that happens? These three, these three things I mentioned, lack of knowledge, uh, lack of courage, and a lack of proper perspective with the things in our life where we use them incorrectly and they take away our spiritual power. So you got to just stay with it. Lean into it. Practice it. And when, you, and when it gets off track, get back on track. Get your prayer life back. Get your, get your, get your mojo back, you know, with the Lord. You see, it says in that first reading with Isaiah, um, like the snow and the rain that come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth. That means that God's word, Jesus, is living and effective. He's effective. What does that mean? He affects what he, what he says. But if Jesus says it, it happens. 
It's like the Eucharist. Jesus says, this is my body, and it affects the change in the Eucharist or in the bread and makes it into his body. Two people get up here and get married. It affects a change in those two people. When they say, I do, and they get the nuptial blessing and they consummate it in the marriage bed, those two are not just a symbol of, of something. They are actually changed. It, that sacrament affected a change in them where Christ made them the one flesh union and, and, a, and a sign of Christ in the world and a sign to us of the wedding feast of the Lamb in heaven. Two people become something completely different. Somebody gets washed over there in, a, in, that, in that basin with water. It isn't just some symbol of, 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 a, of a spiritual washing. It actually affects what it signifies, and that baby is now cleansed from original sin. This is, this is what happens. When the, the Lord's power in our life effectively changes us and makes us into a new creation. And it's up to us now in our cooperation with that grace to allow that to continue, to allow that transformation to grow. And brothers and sisters, it's just reality that sometimes it, we're gonna fail, we're gonna lose our fervor, we're gonna get off the track, and that's fine. It happens, it's life, it's who we are. But it can't stay there. We have to get up, get back on the bike, and start riding again. Know your faith which means pray more, have the courage to share and talk about your faith and live it in an open way, because as soon as you start to hide it, you're going to lose it. And finally, to get the things in your life on the proper priority so that the, they're not crowding out the, the, the life of Jesus, which is trying to grow. That seed, huh? There we go. That's it. It's a whole guide for the spiritual life. Jesus understands us. He knows how weak we are. He knows we make mistakes. He gives us the graces and the sacraments to get back on track. So do that. Don't make excuses. Just say, yeah, I messed up or I, I, I lost my mojo, but I know how to get it back. I'm going to start praying, reading, uh, knowing my faith. I'm going to have the courage to express it and live it out in a way with my friends and family so I don't kill it off. And finally, I'm going to get my, the things in my life, especially the things that are idols to me, and I'm going to put them in, in a proper position in relationship to Christ, which means he's at the center and he dictates how I use all those things. Amen? Amen. All right.